about weird wants and desires. And uh, it's stuff that I would, you know, it's kind of things you're like, oh, I don't know. Do you want to talk about that? We, got, we kind of got to talk about stuff, don't we? Kind of got to pull things out so that we can be better. And uh, this is, you know, so if you're here today, you know, and you're going like, oh, man, I think he's talking. I'm not talking about anybody in specific. I'm just talking about what God wants me to talk about. So so that you know that, um, you know, I had already planned on the series and God's already doing what he's doing. And we're seeing people get changed by it. But I'm telling you, the series is changing me. So I hope it's changing you. Everybody, uh, you should have gotten if you didn't and you want one. And we have any left, um, they're weird bracelets if you're like, ah, I don't want to wear Because if I wear that, people will ask me what that means. That's kind of the purpose of the bracelet. Uh, I wore this, and I was uh, out of town last night and had people ask me, weird, what's that? And so I was able to tell them, well, you know, uh, normal is, uh, people are doing a lot of things that we just normally see. And God's ways are different than a lot of ways. And so it kind of comes across weird, and I just kind of want to be weird for God. And. And they do a couple different things. They'll either be like, oh, that's really cool. Or they'll be like, okay, well, thanks. <laughs> I get most of the second one more than I get the first one. But, you know, you get a chance to witness for God. And, and again, remember, we've talked about in just reviewing, um, we started out with what Jesus was teaching. And he told us about two different roads. One road is very broad. Most people travel it. But that road, the bad news is that leads to destruction. Then he talked about a narrow road. The second road, and the good news is it leads to life, but the bad news of that is not many travel on it. So um, we've been traveling on this broad road, and some of you have had the courage, uh, you know, like, like us, just to go, we're going off the broad, we're getting onto the narrow, and we're going to leave that and follow what Jesus is saying, and people are calling you weird. And if you're wearing a shirt, obviously, they're going to call you that. Uh, or the bracelet they're going to ask you about it but we found out we don't care we don't care you can call me weird normal isn't working we've we've determined that it's overwhelming and life is that way it's spiritually bankrupt if you're normal and normal is divorce and and all of these other things that go with just being normal and we want to be led by the spirit of god and we found out that weird is much better so i want to talk about weird wants and desires this morning we saw a little bit of the video because um It's so normal, now listen to what I'm saying, it's so normal just to give in to your normal wants and your natural desires. For example, anybody in here ever felt like saying something that you shouldn't say, and you went ahead and said it anyway and then later regretted it? You know, and you're just, oh, I'd like to give you a piece of my mind. Sometimes I've given so many pieces away, I don't have much mind left. But, you know, you just want to, oh, I want to, oh, and then, you know, we, you regret it. So it's natural to give in to that. Normal people do it all the time. <clears throat> and sometimes, you know, you can be going along and things could be very good. And, and you know, inside you're kind of like that bubbling volcano. How many know what I'm talking about? It's just stuff. I mean, just things that you've packed or you've stoked or you've stuffed or whatever. And, you know, we've had things like at our house. Our house isn't perfect or anything like that and there's times uh you know just where i've i've been like fred flintstone just just you know erupted and uh, one time i was telling maddie to clean her room and uh, she just doesn't like to do that at times and uh and i we kept after and after and i finally i'm just like i am done and i so i just like the little spring broke i grabbed some black bags and i just started shoving all her clothes in the bags just like, you're done. You're done. These clothes are gone. Say goodbye to them. You're done. You don't want to clean it up. Oh, I'll clean it up. Oh, you know. 
Um, and, and they're, you know, Kim and Maddie are looking at me like, what happened to dad? <laughs> but I had, you know, boing. So, uh, you know, that's kind of things. Things happen and, and, and you snap. And I'm not, I'm not saying that that's good. I'm not saying, uh, you know, that that's okay to do that. I'm just saying we need some, some avenues if we were traveling sometimes on the right road. Somewhere, if we snap, that means that's an area that maybe we just didn't let God have. Or, or we didn't let him take that burden, or we didn't give that to him, or we weren't walking in peace and love. How many know that? So, we, you know, we've let stuff, some, it, it creeps in. The enemy is good at creeping, and he's such a creep anyway. So our key thought for the series is if you want what normal people have, do what normal people do. If you want what few people have, do what few people do. So it's time to be different. It's time to get weird. It's time to be a little weird for God. Because it's normal to give in to your own desires. It's in the Bible, Adam and Eve in the garden, God says you can have anything you want, but don't eat the fruit from this tree, this one tree. And Satan comes up and says, isn't it beautiful? Isn't that tree great? Don't you want it? And then Eve caved in and gave in to her own desires. And you know the rest of the story. Fast forward to Moses. Moses gets upset with an Egyptian and just kills him. And, and caves into, you know, he just lets all that happen. David saw Bathsheba, gave into his own desires, and that's what normal people do. Maybe you've been where I've been, and you got angry, and you exploded, or maybe you, you have a problem with gluttony, and you're so hungry you would devour everything, and it doesn't matter if it was somebody else's or not. And then they need a wheelbarrow to get you out. First John two sixteen and 17 says, For all... That is in the world, the lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, pride of life is not of the father, but is of the world. The world is passing away and the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. I wanted to give you a contrast just to show you the New Living Translation of that as well. It says, for the world offers only a craving for physical pleasure, a craving for everything we see, and a pride in our achievements and possessions. These are not from the Father, but are from the world. And this world is fading away, along with everything that people crave. But anyone who does what pleases God will live forever. The King James calls it the lust of the flesh. And you see, normal says, we need these things. These things will make us happy. We must have these things. But God says they're all going to fade away. And we have to start prioritizing what is important. God, uh, the good news is, anybody who pleases God, what he just said and what we just read, will live forever the bad news is is really everybody in here gets to live forever you just get to choose where you want to spend it i want to spend it in eternity in heaven i want to spend it on the good side if you will uh normal people give in to what they desire or want they follow their own appetite and their own cravings so this morning i'm going to give you two points about what normal people do two points about what weird people do and and we'll finish this up for this week two points today about normal people and you see this all the time number one Normal people want what they want now, not later. Anybody ever seen that commercial about J.G. Wentworth? It's my money and I want it now. And they just screaming out. But isn't that kind of how things are? We live in an instant gratification generation. I want, I want, I want, I want, and I want it now. Remember, uh, I don't know if her name's Veronica or Veruca from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. I want a new palooppa, Daddy, and I want it now. And, you know, she just was always, and I want it now. And Jesus told a story about this. And as a father had two sons, Luke 15, 12, 
The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of the goods that falls to me. So he divided them his livelihood. We see it all, all the time today. People give in to their desires. I want, I want, I want. Just like in those two sons. I want. Give, give me my portion now. Give it to me now. Boy and girl are snuggling and cuddling on the couch. It's a good snuggle and a good cuddle, but it's the wrong time. Thank you all. I can't really see your faces, but I know you're all looking at me. <laughs> it's the wrong time. It's a good cuddle, but it's not that time. It's a good cuddle for marriage. And if you're not careful... You'll get carried away, but they say, I want it now. Maybe you want ice cream, but it's supposed to be after your meal. It's dessert, but you eat it anyway, and you eat all of it. And then when people want ice cream, it's already gone because you ate it because you wanted it now. Maybe you're mad at your boss, and you pound out an email just to tell him how mad you are, and then you hit send because you wanted to tell him now, and you got fired because you told him now. Because that's what normal people do. We don't exercise self-control. One of those fruits of the Spirit when we follow God are self-control. If we're not careful, we'll give in to our, our lower, our natural desires and wants. Secondly, normal people will trade the ultimate for the immediate. I'm going to spend a couple minutes on this. They're going to trade the ultimate for the immediate. The greatness of the future for the immediacy of the present, for the now. The Bible talks about two brothers that brings this story to life, Esau and Jacob. Esau was an older brother, and he was kind of like a man's man. Jacob was the younger brother, and he was a mama's boy. And he was kind of a whiner. In biblical times, uh, this is what happened. The oldest son would have what was known as the birthright. If you were born first, you were the oldest, you got the birthright. And what the birthright simply meant was this, that you got double the portion and when the father passed away, you became pretty much in charge. You were in charge of the estate. You were in charge of all that. So the birthright carried a heavy weight. And Esau had it, and Jacob wanted it. And so that's where the problem uh, lies. So one day when, Jacob, or when Esau was out, Jacob was hungry, and so mama's boy was in the kitchen. He'd been watching Food Network and uh, beating Bobby Flay. He was getting his cook on. He was doing all the things he needed to do, and he made some soup. And so we'll pick it up in Genesis 25, 29 through 32. He actually didn't have anything to do with Bobby Flay, but thought I'd throw that in there. Uh, now Jacob cooked his stew, and Esau came into the field, and he was weary. Esau said to Jacob, please feed me with that same red stew, for I am weary. For I am weary. Therefore, his name was called Edom. But Jacob said, sell me your birthright as of this day. And Esau said, look, I am about to die. So what is this birthright to me? Let me ask you a question. Do you really think Esau was about to die? No, he was not about to die. Have we ever been there? Uh, at the moment, he feels like he is because he's famished. I got to eat. I just need to. Oh, you know, and I'm telling you, I, my mother-in-law is a king of cooks or queen of cooks. She can, and when we get to the house, when we get out of the car, you can smell on Thanksgiving and Christmas, you can smell the ham and the turkey and all the wonderful things she makes except for the oyster dressing that her and charles eat or kim and charles eat they're the only two that eat it but anyway smells awesome and you know and so i mean your 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 mouth is already watering and you're just you, you're excited that's kind of what esau was he's tired he'd been outside he'd been doing what he's doing he comes back in he's famished he's hungry and he can see and feel and taste the food before he even gets it and uh, so esau asks this stupid question what good is this birthright to me now i want you to think about what he's doing 
He's still hungry. He's got this need. He's got this desire. He's got this want. He's got all this stuff that he's needing. I want that stew. What good is this birthright to me? Because the stew is right in front of him. And he's hungry. Esau, the older brother, does something that gets an A on the idiot test. If you've ever seen America's Funniest Videos, they did a video one time and there was a big hornet's nest and these kids decided to get as close as they could to throw rocks at it. And they showed an idiot meter just like the closer they got. In my mind, as I'm watching this, I'm like, what are they doing? And the next thing you know, you hear them screaming, running away because obviously the hornets came out and got them. But so anyway, Esau is getting an A on the idiot test. He trades his birthright for the ultimate. An immediate I got to have the soup right now. You know, and seriously, if you think about it, he probably could have had the soup later anyway, because if the boy made it and he lives in that house, he's going to get to eat it anyhow. Probably made it for everybody. Pretty doubtful that he made just one bowl. I mean, think about it. But any, again, idiot test. We look at him saying, this is what we say. Who would be that dumb to trade their birthright for a bowl of stew? Here's the answer. Normal people do it every single day. Every single day. Every day people are stupid to trade an ultimate for an immediate and distorted want or desire that the enemy puts in front of them. We all probably know somebody or are that somebody and have bought the t-shirt that has made a stupid decision and they didn't think it out. And I'm not here to point fingers. I'm, if I did, I'd have to point them at myself. I want you to understand. I love you, but we've all been there. Okay? It could be the girl that buys the purse thinks you got to have shoes to match and then of course there's the hairstyle to match the shoes to match the purse and then the jacket to finish the ensemble to match the shoes to match the purse the bling to match the jacket to match the shoes to match the purse the car to match the bling to match the jacket to match the shoes to match the purse and she's 25k in consumer debt and she says how did i get here Because she really never thought out stuff. And that is the thing about America. That's why they throw commercials at you. We will buy on impulse. We will buy just because we got to have it now. Oh, it's on sale. Salespeople know great lines that will get you. Well, this is pretty hot right now. A lot of people are wanting this. You better make this. You know, I told my wife about a situation, and I said this was the comment this person made. And she said, that's just pressure. Because they know how to try to do that. You have to be secure. And you know what? If God has this for me, I don't have to operate under pressure. If he says act quickly, then I act quickly. If he doesn't say that, it don't matter. You can sing, you can dance, you can do the hoochie-coochie around that thing. I'm not doing it. Because people will trade the immediate or their ultimate for the immediate. Guys trade the ultimate for the immediate at, at all the time in today's society with just a click of the button in your cell phone or whatever. There are just many computers. We have to stay on guard. Girl that says, I love you to a guy, and he says it back, but his motive isn't love. It's lust. And once it's over, he dumps her and moves on, and she feels used because she traded something that mattered for a stupid bowl of stew. How about the guy that wants to be a great provider and becomes a workaholic, works all the time, and he, he's constantly doing everything, everything, but he's never home because he's working, 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 and his kids are grown up, and pretty soon they're 25. And he's never been home. How many of you remember this song, And the Cat's in the Cradle? 
and the silver spoon, little boy blue and the man in the moon. When you coming home, dad, I don't know when we'll get together then, dad. We're going to have a good time then. They don't even know that their kids uh, are grown. They don't know anything about them, and their kids really don't know their father or their mother because they've spent all their time working. They traded the ultimate for the immediate relationship for accomplishment, a stupid bowl of stew. Who would be so dumb to trade their birthright for a bowl of stew? The answer, normal people do it every day. You see, when we're going to be weird, I want you to look at stuff that you didn't look at before. I want you to see, and if you notice, in the room this morning, it's very quiet. Because you're processing. You're thinking, I'm doing some of that. Maybe even to some extent. And God is saying, listen, take care of this. I know for me, there's been life-changing decisions and things that have happened for me that I'm like, ah, you know, I, I don't want to trade. I don't want to sacrifice anymore anything for the enemy. How about you? I want to honestly ask you to heart. What is your bowl of stew? What are your desires or wants? That if you leave them unchecked, could take you out of God's ultimate plan. Take you away from what the Holy Spirit has for your life. Something simple as a bowl of stew. You know, I don't know if it's a bad habit. Maybe, you know, it's, you don't like smoking, but you smoke. Smoking isn't going to send you to hell, but it's just a bad habit. It's bad for you. It's going to physically hurt you. And, and then fear comes in. I want to be around to see my grandkids. I want to this. And then the money that is spent on nicotine and cigarettes and all that. And it's just a cycle. And I, I get it. I, you know, I don't smoke, but I mean, I, I, I can understand. Maybe that's your bowl of stew and you're saying, God, I need you to help me with that. Maybe it's control. That's your stew. You keep pushing people away because you can't have it your way. And you are the original Burger King. You want to have it your way. You just push everyone away. Maybe that's your stew. You will trade the ultimate for the immediate. Maybe it's popularity. You want to be liked so much that you walk away from what God wants. You conform to the norm. You just do what the crowd does because after all, the popular kids do this or everybody's doing that. And you're going to trade ultimate for the immediate for friends that won't even be with you five years from now. Think about that. There's kids in school that do that just to be popular with kids within the next year when you graduate and move to another school or, you know, you move up in, the, in a season in your life, those people won't even be around and you've traded. What's your bowl of stew? We all have one. If they're left unchecked, that's why we need each other. That's why small groups are so important. You need people that'll just be, I, man, I love you. How you doing? How's your family? You know, guys, we need each other to keep us accountable. Girls, you need each other. Husbands and wives, we need each other. We need to make sure that we're not doing anything to open any doors. We need our families to be strong. And in the world today, that's weird. And they'll say, no, it isn't. But if you look around, it's happening all around us. People are trading the ultimate for the immediate. They're trading what they could have ultimately and they're giving it away for what they want right now. Normal people want what they want now, not later. And secondly, are willing to trade ultimate for the immediate. Now we're going to look at weird people. Weird people are very different. They live for different values. 
Here's two differences about weird people. The first one is obvious, but it's very important. Weird people know that later is often better than now. You ever went to just your parents? Is it time to eat? In a little bit. Time to eat? Almost. Or are we there yet? Well, we hear that a lot when we were in the car traveling. Are we there yet? We'll get there when we get there. <laughs> we're closer than we were a minute ago when you ask. Know that later is often better than now. Proverbs sixteen thirty two: He who is slow to anger is better than the mighty, and he who rules his spirit than he who takes a city. The New Living says it this way, better to be patient than powerful, better to have self-control than to conquer a city. In other words, God might say, you know, maybe your stew is not a bad thing. He's not saying you can't have a bowl of stew. He's just saying, what's the time for it? It's not like, you know, that first story I gave you with kids cuddling on the couch. It's okay to cuddle on the couch, but that kind of cuddling's got to wait. That's what he's talking about. Get it later, at the right time, not now. Weird people are willing to give up something that they want now for something that they want even more later. They're willing to give up something they want now for something they want even more later. People here in your 20s, if you're in your 20s, you live in a generation pretty much. You know, when I tell my kids stuff, you know, if I did an illustration, I was saying I was typing, and then I went like this. Most of the kids would be like, why do you hit the computer? Why do you hit the monitor? But us that had a typewriter at one time, we're like, you know, we are like, oh, because we grew up with that. See, we know, but now we are living in a generation where everything is, is, you know, boy, it's all hands touch a button it's all automated all the stuff we've been trained by a court a culture to get what we want and there's power in waiting in god's timing his wisdom and his way so if we switch it around by waiting instead of trading the ultimate for the immediate we trade the immediate for the ultimate i mean instead of saying yes i could have that now but i'm telling you i know it's better if i wait for the right time that's hard to do but the benefits are way better. Try this test with your kids, or even yourself if you want, the double Oreo cookie test. You know Jesus would eat a mouthful of double Oreo cookies, I'm sure. But this is what you do. You set your kid across the table, you take a double Oreo cookie, double stuff, you can mint, I don't care. Matter of fact, around this time of year, they start having those fudge-dipped Oreos. Oh, those are awesome. Put one in front of them, put two in front of you, and tell them, you can have that cookie. They will scoop up that cookie, and it'll be on the way to their mouth. And you can go, wait, 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 wait. If you wait an hour, you can have these two, too. So you'll get three. If you can put that one down, you can have these two and the one you just had, or you can eat yours now, and you can't have these two. You know what? You'll be amazed. Some kids will be like, sweet, I'm waiting. You're like, that is a stupid test. Listen to me. You know what you're teaching them? They want that now, but they're going to wait. There's kids that will do that. They'll be like, cool, I can wait an hour, and I can get three cookies. I'm in. There'll be other kids that'll be like, (laughs) and they'll just devour the first cookie, and then they'll worry about the other two and try to play up to you. Please, 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 please. Teach them. Do something to help, help them out. Teach them that often uh, 
it is better to wait than now. Self-control. Give them some of that. Many times waiting is better, and it works that way in life. Financially, normal is debt, normal is broke, buy it now, put it on credit, do all this. Uh, But weird is save for it, find out what it is, buy it cash, get it done. You don't have any payment. Normal people buy liabilities, weird people buy assets. Let me tell you what the difference is. A liability are things that go down in value. I'm not saying it's wrong to buy a new car, I'm just saying you need to think about it. We bought our car brand new, and um, we're going to keep it probably till the wheels fall off. So if that's what your plan is, that's awesome Um, because you're not trying to get all that money because as soon as you drive it off the lot, if you read the stats, it goes down considerably in value. If you buy clothes, how many knows clothes go around and around? So some pretty soon, one of these days, those big, huge bottoms will be back in. My sister had a pair called them elephant. They were elephant bell bottoms. I mean, you could put a whole Nigerian army up one leg. There's this huge... You couldn't, yeah, people, yeah, you couldn't see her feet. They drug the ground. They were all gnarly and scarfy on the, is scarfy a word? Anyway, they're on the bottom. They're all, but you couldn't even see her feet. She just shuffled in those. It's almost like, mm. but they were in, man, and they were the hip hugger with the big, you know, that's, that was all hip. But, you know, clothes are like this. You can buy clothes and you can pay, you can go and pay 40, 60, and more dollars for a pair of jeans that are ripped cut holes everywhere and go yes when i was in school i mean i'm just saying you paid big bucks for levi's but they were i mean there were no holes or anything when they got holes you got rid of them unless they were play jeans then your mom cut them off and used them for shorts she never did cut them off the right length (laughs) but they go down in value And, and an asset is something that goes up in value Okay, so what I'm trying to tell you is people that are wise with their money, they'll buy, like, uh, let me give you an example, like a, um, an, a house or an apartment that's going to increase in value. You do some things to it, it's going to increase. It's going to go up in value. Weird people will buy things like that. They'll do things that will make them money instead of lose money. So, you know, and it's not that anybody that's weird that has never bought anything normal, we've all done a little of both, I think. But what I'm telling you is this is not the norm, Start looking at things. God, what, will, what do you want me to do with this money? How I'm gonna, I'll, I'll tell you the differences. Right now, I tell the money that God gives me where to go. That's the difference. The money doesn't tell me. It's not who calls and screams the loudest. I tell the money where to go. I give God whatever he asks, and then we disperse it and invest it or do whatever God tells us to do with that. That's weird in a normal society. But it pays off. So assets go up in value. Dave Ramsey would say this, live now like no one else, so later you can live like no one else. Brett, nobody's doing that now. Yeah, that's right. But then later, when you're like living good, and they're like, oh, I wish I would have did that. How many would believe now if you would, I'm 54 years old, and Charles and I, my father-in-law, have had this talk. If I would have taken $10 every time I got paid and just stuck it in the bank, just stuck it in the bank. Oh, my. I wonder what that amount would be now. But, you know... Doritos called my name. Pizza called my name. Stuff. It just. All right. So if you can get out of debt, you can give whatever God wants you to do. Weird people do that. Lord, how do you want me to be a blessing? What could I do? It's your money. I'm just steward over it. What do you want me to do? You know, and we live in a culture that that is very sexual. 
So if you look at, at uh, just internet or whatever, you have to be very careful. We've talked about that. But uh, normal people would say when it comes to sex, do now. Do whatever you can do now. Get it while you can. Weird people say, wait, God's way is better. Here's point number two about weird people. Seek God until his desire becomes their desire. Psalm 37, 4. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. The living Take delight in the Lord, and he will give you your heart's desires. The word desire here in the Hebrew is anog, A-N-O-G. And that means to enjoy, to seek, to delight. It means that you're doing things that you'll be made soft or pliable. And, and you know, if you've been in church any time, you've talked about being on the potter's wheel. And we are the, you know, uh, we are the clay, he's the potter, and he molds us and he makes us. You put that clay on a wheel, he puts water on it, makes it pliable, and he, he molds it, he shapes it. And that's the kind of the image I want you to understand. When we start doing, God, what do you want me to do? And his desires become ours. He starts molding us. You know, my wife's talking about 301. You already know what you love to do. You already know what you're good at. God wants to use those passions and put them to work for his kingdom. And so he wants to form you into what he wants. Some of us, though, aren't, aren't seeking anything except our bowl of stew. What makes us happy? Give me my stew. I'm challenging you to go after God and be passionate about him and his kingdom. He changes you, and then his desires become your desires. You are bec- And when you do that, you get a t-shirt. You're becoming weird. Galatians five sixteen and 17 says, I, I say then, walk in the spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. And again, I'm giving you New Living and New King James just so that you understand exactly what's going on. This is New Living, same verses. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives, then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other, so, you're not to, you, so you are not free to carry out your good intentions. In other words, the enemy's fighting for you, God is, is fighting for you, and you are the authority that says, I'm going to give in to God, I'm going to give in to the enemy. And so God is saying, follow me. So when you leave the normal broad path and you get to the narrow, the Holy Spirit changes your heart. Instead of wanting what the world wants, you begin to say, God, this is cool. I'm seeing things change. We're watching people change literally every week. They're coming in on people coming up after this going, I've left the broad road. I'm on the normal or I've left the norm. I'm on the the narrow path and, and God is doing things. And I've had some folks say, you know what? But I've been fought ever since I've got over here. And the enemy's gonna do that. We talked about that last week. You leave that broad road, he's gonna mess with you. He messes with you when you're on the broad road. You know that. So you know what? You just, you're going to have to make a decision and follow God. But when you start following him, you start wanting to be generous. You start being forgiving. You start being loving. You start showing grace and mercy. You, you go the extra mile. You begin to help people. You worship God. You pray. Normal people don't do those things as a whole. They get what they can for them. I'm going to get mine. I'm going to get in line and get mine. Does that sound normal? I remember having a harvest party at our, at our house a few years back, and maybe some of you were here and it was rainy. How many remember that? We got in the barn. Remember, the barn was packed, and it was, it was nasty weather out, and there were some wonderful people that brought chicken. I love chicken, and a lot of people love chicken, but you know, there was, a, and I'm just, I'm, can I be honest? There's a lot of people never even got a taste of chicken because there's people that went in forward 
of everybody instead of thinking there's people behind us putting four pieces of chicken on their plate. And, and by the time the other people got through, it was just gone. Now, you can say, well, what, what I'm trying to teach here, I'm not being mean, I'm just being honest. If there's people behind you, do you we, need to, we need to be thinking about people, don't we? So then we go to the harvest party today, you're all going to be like, is he watching? <laughs> Take it and run. I think we've grown from that, but I mean, there's people, there were, I mean, there, I was just like, oh, I couldn't, I was like, oh, but I wouldn't go. I was kind of doing the Jay Ray thing. I, I'm not going to go till I make sure that everybody else got through. And I went through and I was, oh man, I can't wait to get me a piece of that. I guess I'm not going to have any chicken. And I'm not, it, it might've been gone by the time it got to me because there's a lot of people there. But there were people that walked by and there were three and four pieces and some of those people threw away some. I mean, there'd be like two pieces. They just, you know, because they're on their plate, nobody, you might say, Brett, you're getting hung up on food. No, I'm trying to show you a principle. We need to understand that we are not bound by anything outside of God. We want what God wants, and we want it in the timing that God has. He is our sustainer. He is our provider. And you know what? What's cool is when we follow him, if we're hungry, I'm telling you, God will make sure that you eat. He'll make sure that he provides for you. As you grow closer to God, the enemy will offer you, just know this, a stupid bowl of stew. Next service, I might even bring out a bowl out here. But if you get closer to God, just know the enemy's going to say, how about some stew? How about some stew? Because he wants to get you off that path he wants you to trade he wants you to do what normal people do and you have to be prepared you cannot compromise because the enemy is going to try to get you to compromise here's your stew here's your stew smells good here's your stew you've heard this saying and i'm about finished we serve the god of abraham isaac and jacob who was jacob jacob was esau's brother we should or would or could have been saying we serve the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Esau. We do not. And the reason we do not is because Esau traded it for a bowl of stew. Normal people do it every day. Every day. That's why we're not going to be normal. We're going to be weird. Would you bow your heads?